Can you hear me, Trevor? I can hear you, Stephen. Don't need to yell into this thing, do I? You ready to rock and roll? Okay. Now, it's time for Two Blokes Talking Tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. The latest news and information about technology. It's fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from your tech. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Thank you, for, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Two Blokes Talking Tech live from the EFGM studio in the North Hall of the Convention Centre at Las Vegas. Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. G'day, mate. G'day, Trevor. Day one has already passed and we've also, we're also going to talk about press day, which was yeah. yesterday. So a uh, lot, lot's happened in we the last 24 hours. We'll do the show. Thanks to the good folks at Netgear each and every week here. Two Blokes Talking Tech bringing the latest in technology. And this week, we are live in Las Vegas. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long. All right, let's rewind a day. Um, press day, again, for those uninitiated, maybe new listeners over the last year, um, this is the day before the show opens. So, again, here in the hall, everything's still being built. It's kind of crazy construction. Um, but over at the Mandalay Bay is like another convention centre where uh, room after room is filled with companies putting on presentations hour after hour after hour. It always kicks off. With LG, LG, yeah, they always the eight AM start. That's so it's an early, it's yeah. an early start for, early uh, anyway, for press there. So, LG, as they always do, kicked off proceedings and they went on to describe. It, it was a little different, and Samsung and other companies did this as well. It wasn't a matter of them saying, "Here's all our new products." It wasn't just a, a product fest. It was more an ecosystem kind of a, a wider sort of step back and look at the bigger picture kind of perspective. I don't want to go too far forward here in the show, but I think that's the theme of the show. Absolutely. It's, it's a very, yeah. very few companies are going, here's an amazing product. They're saying, here's how we're treating this future. Here's how we're dealing with artificial intelligence. Yeah. They're, they're talking about a broad kind of concept and then talking about how their products interact with Absolutely. that concept. Yeah, it's not like they're saying, well, here's our, our 4K TV is better than their 4K TV. Yeah. It's completely different. So they're talking about this, the intelligence that runs through the breadth of their products. And companies like LG and Samsung have got the advantage of having a fridge and a, and a washing machine yeah. and a robot vacuum cleaner and TVs and all of that. So they're, they're the sort of companies which naturally are, are talking about this intelligence. In LG's case, it's the thin Q intelligence. So that, that's this technology that runs through all their products that links the TV to the washing machine, to the fridge, so that you get this layer so you can talk to the TVs nowadays and also look and see what's what's in your fridge see what 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 in the washing's done have all these they've got all these little smart sensors too that gives you allows you to set temperatures where air conditioners can turn on suddenly air filters that spring up when it detects fine air particles so little things like that where this little sort of this this 10% little layer is now laid over the top of all their products which which are which are new they there are new TVs in all their devices yeah, so so to break it down and we'll get to the products in a second but then there's the additional layer of Google assistant there as well so on a TV, you've now got the remote control, which, as Angus Jones from LG pointed out to me, and has, I'm sure to you as well, it's not always listening. Your TV yeah. only listens when you tell it to. You press the microphone button on the TV and it listens. Yeah, it says, Whereas Google it says Home, speak now on the TV. Google yeah. Home is always listening. And there's a lot of people who don't like that. So the idea of pressing a button on your remote and then instructing your television to either change the channel, turn it up, or 
turn on the lights, show me the sport. Do, you can do anything now. What I'm, I cannot wait to test this. Um, the reason why is because I need to know how good it is. I know how good Google Assistant is. I know what it yeah. can do. I know how good TV voice control is. I know how to change channels and things. But how smart is it at understanding that the command I'm giving it is for the TV or the command I'm giving it is for the rest the of the, the ecosystem, Changing right? the light, colour of the lights and things like that. If you think about Google, um, you know, the Hey Google concept is when, you, when you're dealing with another thing, Hey Google, tell eBay to do this. Hey Google, tell Fetch to watch ESPN. You have to tell Google to do something mm. with another. You kind of need it to be more intelligent with that. Yeah. I don't think Google Assistant well, is that intelligent. If I need to, it should know that I have a Fetch TV and I want to watch ESPN on the Fetch TV. Yeah. When I say, Hey Google, put ESPN on. I shouldn't need to give it over overarching instructions. Well, what, one of the that's related to sort of one of the questions I asked. I said we, we've been talking to TVs at CES for for eight years. There've been t- t- commands you can give the TVs commands, but the difference here is that back back in the day when it was first introduced, you need to had to you had to say a specific term and a specific way. Mm. Now with Google Assistant, it's just got this natural language processing where you can just just tell it stuff. And it's intelligent enough to understand. So yeah. that's the big difference. People think, well, hang on, voice control TVs are nothing new. No. So what's the difference? And that's the difference where now, it's, it's, it's a lot more just natural. You can just talk to this thing. If we stick with LG, <clears throat> the things that stood out to me about then their televisions are it's an incremental change. And I feel like we've been yeah. doing increments for the last few years, other than the, the wallpaper, wallpaper, which was yeah, yeah. random and, and, yep. and amazing last year. The new wallpaper is incrementally better. The new uh, OLEDs are incrementally better. But they're better in a very good way. So not only have they got new technology that makes you know the nano crystals better and the brightness different and all the viewing angles better, what I love the most is the A9X processor the from Al- Alpha, no. Alpha Alpha 9X yeah. processor on on the LG TVs. Yeah. And what this does is it determines what the image is and how it should treat it. Now yeah. by that I mean if I'm watching Channel Nine, you know, free to air, it's coming in the in the aerial, and hopefully I'm on the S, on the on the high definition channel. Mm-hmm. I'm on Channel Ninety. Those 1080 pixels down are being pushed and, and made bigger to fit yeah. the 4K screen. What they're doing is they're, they're making the, the decision about that upscaling much more intelligent. They're making better decisions about it so you get a better yeah. upscaling of so, normal content, which is 99.9% of what we do with 4K a, TVs. a great addition because it'll like normally you can only upscale like a Blu-ray or something that you're yeah. watching. Like now it's good can do free-to-air. That's a go. That's, that's, think that's about, big. Think about how we review. I don't know how you review TVs. You're much better at it. You're, you're a more, you've got more of an eye for TVs, right? right? What I do with the TVs, I put it up. I go, what's the interface like? What, yeah. what is the picture like? And I watch The Martian, the, the, yep. the movie. and I because I can your go-to movie, is it? my go-to. I just, yeah. It's the you're first movie. No, I you know it well, yeah. I've got the movies first movie I watched in 4K Blu-ray, ah, and okay. and so I, I can see the differences, yeah, right? Okay. Now, with this new LG TV, I'll do that, but then and that'll give me how much brighter it is, where the blacks are, and stuff like yeah. that. But then I'll watch uh, a you know Channel Nine on a on a 2017 TV and Channel Nine on a 2018 Absolutely. TV, and tell me how much better it is because well, that should be where we see a difference. One big improvement I'm looking forward to seeing on the OLEDs, the LG OLEDs, is the improvement to 120 can support up to 120 frames per second. So right. if you're watching action movies or sport, they've got a really good demo on the stand. If you take a look, they've got the top TVs this year's model. Below it is last year's model. They've got a train running quickly on the screen. The top one being 120 frames per second is smooth as silk. You can see it really clearly. And the mm. one that was just a year old is not quite as clear. See, so that's that, interesting that helps. to me because on an OLED TV, we've always kind of been led to believe that it could handle sport yeah, better than it, anything it already. Can, yeah, frame rates are high. It can do that, but what? But this has just taken something that's good and made it even better. Right. Yeah. So, so, that, so that's, that, really that's an example. Of what we've just talked about of the incremental advances. Yeah. I think. Look, I think LG's done great, but I do think it's a bit of a. 
it's hard to bring you into something amazing. Whereas if you walk over to Samsung, you're, you're immediately drawn to the wall, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, the wall is a 146-inch modular micro-LED um, TV. Now, to be clear, it's not one panel. And if I can explain that to people, when I went to the OLED factory in, in um, Korea with LG, they have huge sheets of glass the size of your wall, and those sheets of glass get cut into the, the final yeah. TV size, 77-inch, so 65 whatever. Yep, yep. And that's the, that piece of glass is then infused with all the electronics to become the panel, which is then sold to either LG Electronics or yep. Sony, whoever, yep. to make a TV out of. What Samsung is doing is getting panels that are the size of an A4 sheet of paper, roughly, and they're putting them all together to make any size TV. It's the Lego TV. I'd Lego TV. It's Lego. So you're building your own TV and they're saying that they're, they're offering to customers so they can they can make it whatever shape, whatever shape and size, size they want. And we, I, ha, I don't have any idea about pricing. I can't imagine this would be no. a cheap TV, but you can build up to a 146-inch TV, which is, is large. It's crazy. But um, this is, it also uses micro-LED technology that doesn't require a backlight. Self-illuminating. Yeah, but it's still an LED TV, though. It's not an OLED, despite so the self This could get too nerdy here, right? But yeah. let's let's just help people through this. LED TVs, an LED is just a, a colour, and then a backlight is required to shine through the colour to show you it. Yeah. So an OLED TV is so amazing, the, the pixel, the colour... Self-illuminates. Boom. It's there. When it charges. On a, on a, through, on a yeah. Samsung or a ULED from Hisense or something, there needs to be some form of light, and we'll talk about Hisense in a minute, that shines through. So if they're saying this is self-illuminating, but it's still LED, what the hell is it? Uh, well, Where's the light it, come they're from? They're calling it micro-LED. So I don't know whether there's some secret source there they're not telling us about. Obviously, they are, but... Uh, it's still not OLED. It still doesn't have that property, yet mm. it's st- it can produce its own light. It's, it's a mystery. But, but uh, it's also not a TV you'll find in Harvey Norman. Well, it's not. And, and I think more of a commercial application. It's, I think customers can... Commercial like regular or customers. Yeah, well, it's not going to be cheap. You're right, a 146-inch... Mate, that'll be 150 it'll be, grand. It'll be a lot of dough, yeah. So Samsung, uh, that was that was actually announced on the eve of uh, the show. So I think the day before press day that was announced, the one link... Uh, sorry, yes, the, Sunday uh, night, yep. The, the wall TV. But... Um, what they've also and Samsung approached their press conference the same way that LG did with mm. talking about their ecosystem, their goals. Yeah, so they said they've got this integrated IoT strategy and how that and, and they did. I can recall them saying a couple of years ago that we're going to by twenty twenty every device is going to be wireless and it'll talk to each other. And they're actually ahead of that goal. So I think by this year or even early next year, that's going to be the, the case. So but, and, and you know they they've got their Smart Things platform and they've got Bixby. So we've yeah. now got a race, Bixby, Alexa, Alexa Google, Siri, and yeah. Cortana. Five girls in a, in a girl band um, <laughs> but they've got, trying to get our business. But, but they've the got Google things, Assistant as well. The good thing the Samsung does is they integrate with a large ecosystem. So Smart Things yes. is not, not limited to Samsung products. True. Both. And, and we should, Sonos, we should point a lot out, of things in there. We should point out LGs are the same. They, they've, they've got an, like an open platform too. Good to see that these big companies are doing that because okay. they're, they're just going to corral I'll themselves. I'll stop you there. How open is it? Can I have a Samsung fridge and an LG washing machine well, that, that Can I they work together? That I don't know between those particular brands. No, but I think during, the during, no. during the Samsung <laughs> demo, they showed the uh, one of the demos was of them talking to the family hub. Yep. And someone rings put rings the ring doorbell. Right. So you see the ring doorbell appear on the screen. Mm. And then a minute later, they show the camera view from a Netgear Arlo camera. Right. So that there demonstrated the openness of the system. So there's two brands that 
nothing to do with Samsung, but demonstrates that openness. And in fact, Samsung says it's part of this consortium that that uh, will, will the Open Connectivity Foundation, they call it. So they're part of that working with partners to create this massive ecosystem of products. Because yeah. you think about it, in a world like this, you don't want to corral yourself away from all the product because you, no. Samsung don't make security cameras or doorbells. So why do that? So uh, what why then have here, Bixby? Well, I just think Bixby's there. In, this is something that was introduced with the like almost a year ago. So this this was kind of their Google answer Assistant, to Siri. Yeah, but Google Assistant worked then. Why? Yeah. Well, well Bixby just, worked. Well, they, they did a really good demo with Bixby through the Family Hub and those sort of things. So do you know, I'm, I've answered. Yeah. I can answer my question here. The reason is because they don't use Android and everything. So exactly. If, yeah. If, so if, the if fridges if don't use Android. a fridge, a washing yeah. machine, an oven yeah. doesn't use Android, yeah. um, and they don't want to have to build an Android for it. So if they, if their operating system can be built with Bixby and they're doing that in house, then that's probably but the answer. You are right, though. It is. I think customers are going to get confused with the, all these, all these names and all these. Hey voices Google, turn the lights on. Hey <laughs> Bixby, put the oven on. Hey Siri, turn some music on. Hey Alexa, get me some coke. <laughs> Hey, Cortana, what do you do? Yeah, hey, Cortana, you still around? You're still there. <laughs> You're there, Cortana. <laughs> but it, 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 that, that's, that's their world now. That, that's what's happening. Yeah. We're going to see. Uh, the interesting thing, too, is that uh, with, with the introduction, we know later this year that we're going to see Amazon Alexa. Yeah. And th- at this show a year ago, LG. Everywhere. Everyone was saying, oh, yeah, it'll be Alexa, Amazon Alexa and powered year, by July. Google's everywhere. And it's Google owned this show. Everywhere My favorite thing about Las Vegas this year is, you know, the lights of Las Vegas bright, brightly shine through the sky all the time. But Google has taken billboards so, in so many places. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, billboards in the United States of, and, and the city of Las Vegas are all electronic. Yeah. Google ads are white. Uh, at 10 o'clock at night, when all the billboards turn white, <laughs> it's like the sun comes it's out keeping, again. It's keeping you up, is it? No, it's just hilarious. You've got a sign outside They're your room. They're so bright. They are. And, and every, every casino, you look down the strip and... One after the other, you see them playing hey, the Google, same yeah. ad. And even on the monorail, there's all these ads. And, and in giving you examples of what you do. Hey, yeah. hey Google, uh, uh, book me a table at Sushi, Sushi Roku. Or, hey, Google, turn the lights off or whatever. Yeah. It is uh, – and I just, I'll, po- I'll pose this question to you. Where does this put Siri now? Where does Apple fit into all this? Because yeah. Google's got its claws in everywhere. Literally every company's got Google. Where does Apple now come in with HomePod and Siri? You know, everyone else has already got stuff with Google, and then Apple will come out with HomePod oh, and little oh. little Siri and say, "Oh, here's our product now." What what happens then? I I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they do it, mate. Because HomePod to me is a speaker. Now, go back to LG for a minute. They've got a, a new partnership with Meridian to yeah. to have beautiful Meridian, speakers, yeah. a Google Assistant speaker, yep. Bluetooth speakers, um, and the Google Assistant one is essentially a HomePod, right? Yep. It's a beautiful speaker with great quality sound. Yep. I'm like not the many others on the market. I'm not sure Apple isn't just actually well behind well, the horse and, here. And here, here's where it gets worse, because you can use Google Assistant and Google Home on an iPhone, yeah. So even Not if you're natively a, enough, but you well, can. But if I, I can set up Google Home products through my iPhone, hmm. and I can run Google Assistant on my iPhone. No, no, I know. It's just not so like pressing a button how, or saying, saying ex- hey, exactly. Okay, of course, but how? Even if you're an Apple customer with an iPhone, it's still there's, there's still a path to use Google. There, there is a massive risk. For Siri going going forward, well, Siri she may well be in intensive a, care. It might be a street fight between Google Assistant and Siri in 2018. So then let's move over to Hisense. Um, Hisense is very interesting, very very interesting. They announced a few things, including I'm just going to get straight to it. OLED, OLED, baby. Now, mate, 
And I think that took Hisense by surprise. Well, here's, how's this, right? I, I actually I went to the Hisense press conference. Yeah. I had to read some subtitles for a little while because yeah. they had their, their Chinese president. Mm. And they were all about, the whole press conference was about laser TV, which mm-hmm. is short throw projector TV, mm. and the World Cup. Yeah. And, and, now, and now, that was it. Now, the reason they talk about laser, t- laser TV is because they believe in 10 years from now we won't have panels. We will use uh, you know, the wall as, as, as yeah. the TV, which yeah. is great. And obviously the World Cup is a massive deal for them. But then we get a press conference, uh, an, a press release yeah. during the thing via email saying OLED coming well, to Australia. Well, I walked out of, the, out of the press conference and there was their PR person from, they've got a new PR company, and handing out papers to all us Aussie journos with nothing on that piece of paper that was mentioned in the, in the keynote, in, in the press conference. So... I, I, the first top line says OLED, but she she specified, and the press the press release specified for Australian customers. It's only for Australia, just for us. Mate, Australia's the only market getting it. So I'm assuming then, and they wouldn't, Hisense wouldn't really confirm this. I'm assuming they're sourcing those OLED panels from LG. LG's the only people that make OLED panels. Well, I I, I believe there may be some Chinese companies attempting it, but obviously not in time for Hisense. So, well, that's a good point. We should so clarify. We, uh, I, 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 in my story, I sort of said I said that we'll, it's unknown whether Hisense are making their own or using the LG displays, which are already we used both by know. Sony and Panasonic. We both know, and you, you, I think you brought this to my, to my attention many years ago, that the problem with OLED and the reason LG had to stick with it and why others didn't go there was because of the yield rate. Yeah. You know, early days when you're building these things, you're not, you're not getting enough of them out of the factory that work yeah. to make it viable. Mate, for Hisense or anyone to build OLED panels, at a yield rate of value, if they because this thing's going to come in, and they describe it to me, you're still getting there's a there's a new range of series seven, series eight, series nine uh, premium ULED TVs. Yeah. They say the OLED sits alongside those, so it's it's going to sit essentially alongside the series nine TV. Yeah. It won't it won't it doesn't be as sit cheap above as it. A seven. It won't be as a series. It seven doesn't price. sit above it though. Is what they're trying ah, to point out. Okay. So if it's going to sit alongside a series nine, mate, it can't be expensive. Yeah, but so they can't, it can't be at a high yield rate. But also, Hisense, and rightly so, are so proud of ULED producing the same oh, yeah. blacks and colour levels as an OLED. Mm. It's an interesting marketing move for them where our ULED is fantastic, but, if, but by the way, he's OLED. Yeah. So is, is that an admission that ULED isn't as good as OLED? I'll tell you why it's important. I think here's, this, here's how this will work. The World Cup in Russia. Uh, Hisense is the official television supplier to the 2018 FIFA World Cup, right? So marketing in the lead-up to that, you know, they'll be all over bloody SBS. You know, they'll be everywhere. Mate, if they can say they've got OLED, they will... They they could well top... They might not top them for the whole year, but they may well top... LG for a couple of months in OLED sales, and that would be a very maybe, big deal. Maybe. LG's at eighty percent market share in OLED. For Hisense to even impact on that would be a big, big deal, and I think they will. The other option, I think, and the the possibility for Hisense now is the design possibilities, because as yeah. we know, OLED with no backlight. Look what LG did with oh, their yeah. design. So yeah. this this gives Hisense a bit of a an open and an to open be clear, go to, to the create OLED something really here. special. The OLED is not on their stand. No. You cannot see it. No. It's not been seen. Now the other thing they did do, as I said, the Series Seven, Eight, and Nine. A couple of things. Um, they've updated the software on the. Series 7, 8, 9, it is remarkably fast enough. So just turning on the TV is faster. I know it sounds silly, but that's important. They're also adding a a remote app so you can use uh, your iPhone or Samsung or Android phone as a remote control for your Hisense TV. And in the Series 9, they've upped it to 1,056 areas, zones of dimming. Yeah. Okay. That's important for contrast and getting those black levels right. It's my biggest gripe with even the best Samsung TV, which I absolutely love. Mm. 
is rubbish when it's a black screen and a big white font in the middle yeah. and, a, and a black room. Because you see grey from top to you bottom. You can, yeah. And, the, and the LG's nano-cell TVs, you know the ones with mm. the, that have the, the... Essentially, it's a quant- they're our own quantum, quantum dot technology. Dot, yeah. What what we what I found out today is that they, they've actually they used to have a, a edge lit so bottom lit now they've actually gone they put, got they, a they put the light back they've on got the, back the light it, yes. on the back of it and doubled the TV number of dimming yeah that's right but they, what what it, the trade off is you're getting more areas of dimming they didn't say how many they, won't they just say said they doubled it Samsung says a thousand Hisense says a thousand well, I'd say LG would be in the same ballpark wouldn't I think it? So, a but, thousand but they're not saying it which is interesting yeah so a bit another big one for for Hisense um, press day. What else? Sony. Sony. Well, Sony, they uh, traditionally end the day. So LG kicks it off at 8, and at 5 p.m. is the last one held here at the show. So Sony uses their booth to host their press conference. And what what impressed me was Sony, the Kazurai, who's the, the CEO of Sony and been with the company for many years. I can remember he was in charge of PlayStation like 15 years ago and made that a success. Uh, but the emotion... That he, the word emotion was thrown around a few times, and and, and I think the way he, at, at the at the start, he mentioned the fact that they're going to actually make money this year, and he sort of pumped his fist to say, you know, I think it, it meant a lot to him just to be able to say that. He sort of turned the company around a little bit, but then he, he went on to say that all their products are designed to generate an emotional response. That that we want these to be so good that we want the music out of a Sony speaker to make you to give you goosebumps. We want the TV experience just to make you just think. Holy, holy hell! How good's that? Mm. So that that was that impressed me. That passion behind the products that they didn't have the big, we're connecting everything from here to to their, their connectivity wise and intelligence wise, but the dedication and the quality that that's what came through right. with their their products and how we presented them. Yeah. So yeah. Look, I, I looked at the list, um, and it essentially is the most obvious incremental updates yeah. of all. So headphones, yeah. speakers, TVs, yeah. everything's getting... And then they're OLED, also going yeah. deeper into OLED. Yes. So they, they clearly did well out of OLED yeah. and they see the market. So oh, I think my biggest learning of today is that OLED as a brand has cut through. Massive cut through totally, in the market. Totally. And LG is now under threat from yeah. you know Panasonic, Sony and Hisense he, pushing OLED. Here's the thing with Sony and I'm a fan of Sony and their, pro, their image picture processing I reckon they're probably near top of the top of the heap. Now, the, how well they've done with their marketing and how they sold it is a different story, but I'm a massive fan of their X1 processor, the way they can produce a picture. Even on an LED TV before they started OLED, now they've got OLED, I'm thinking, wow, this, this is going to get even better. Last year's OLED TV was very impressive. Quite, I think it was more a top-end product. This year's product, again, pretty highly specced and, and with a stand that's virtually invisible beneath the TV. Yeah. But again, uh, it's it's take it's kicked it up a notch with with better contrast, better color, still getting more out of the uh, out of OLED. Uh, I also like too their 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 new wire-free uh, splash-proof noise cancelling earphones. So they're ear, earbuds wire-free. So they've got noise cancellation and they're splash-proof. So that's that's ticking a few boxes in those small. They're, they're slightly bigger than your regular earbuds, but if you're getting noise cancellation and splash-proof out of yeah. them and wire-free, that, that's a, a very small price to pay, I'd say. The other thing they announced, extra bass speakers. You know, they're, they're a very popular range of the, you know, the spool speakers that sound like they're massive. They've also upgraded those. They've got a new digital signal processor so that you're actually hearing sound in different directions. And uh, they've also got a new soundbar. The Z9FR is the world's first virtual 
Dolby Atmos soundbar. So right. it's got it sits at the front and uses their technology, this unique technology, to create uh, the impression that sounds coming from I, above, I behind. Don't believe so, that's true. Like three dimensional sound. Well, that's, that's what they're saying. I'm, I'm calling BS on that. The well, LG Dolby Atmos soundbar doesn't have rear speakers, and it doesn't. And it, it, it just has, amplifies. In I fact, think it has no Dolby firing. At, but no yeah. Dolby Atmos has speakers on the roof. A true no, Dolby Atmos would have speakers on the roof. Well, Samsung doesn't have speakers on the roof. No, but they've got they, they've got up firing speakers. So while I think the difference here is going to be these other soundbars have physical speakers that point upwards. This has a virtual, it creates that virtually. And if you, there's a, not on my story, but if Sony sent through like a cutaway of the, of the soundbar, there aren't any speakers pointing upwards. Mm. So they're doing this with all, all kinds of jiggery pokery trickery. <laughs> Take your word for it, Stephen. I don't, I don't fully understand, but Dolby Atmos is getting a lot more credibility here at yeah, CES well, as well. Speaking of it, all the LG TVs, whether yeah. they're OLED or uh, the NanoCell, are all Dolby Atmos enabled. Yeah, unbelievable. Check them out. All the details at techguide.com.au and eftm.com. Well, Orbi is the world's first and best tri-band Wi-Fi system. It gives you reliable, secure, and crazy fast Wi-Fi to every inch of your home. That's right, everywhere. No more dead zones upstairs, no drop connections through walls, just better Wi-Fi everywhere. Orbi reaches up to 370 square metres through Wi-Fi barriers like walls, stairs, and doors. And with a dedicated internet connection, Orbi helps prevent buffering while streaming your favourite movies and shows. No matter how many devices are connected, you'll have ultra-fast Wi-Fi speeds. The Orbi tri-band Wi-Fi system works with your existing modem to maximise the speed you're paying for. The sleek design and state-of-the-art technology, though, it steals the show. It gives your home a superior Wi-Fi network that's both easy to set up and elegant to display. With just a couple of clicks, your secure Wi-Fi network will be ready in no time. For more information, visit netgear.com.au or be better Wi-Fi everywhere. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. So, Stephen, here in the North Hall, it's pretty much automotive. Um, it is. It's kind of down this end, it's it's speakers and, you know, yeah. accessory style stuff. But down the other end, it's, it's car the companies. There's, a, there's a not a bad little stand just a couple over there. The, oh, yeah. the is there a motorbike? Interesting attendance. Is there a motorbike? A lot no. of interesting attendance Very, down this side. Wearing red and black. There was uh, some interesting young ladies. A few wearing green and black around here as well. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Um, is that why you spend more of your time up here look out, um, overlooking the show? Trevor? Busy working and keeping an eye okay. on things. It's an important uh, role we I hold here. Uh, anyway, cars. Um, so, again, it does feel a little bit like it's it, they're showing off, not announcing, if you, right. if you get my drift. So, Nissan. Who's here? Yeah, so Nissan's uh, here. Uh, uh, Hyundai. Uh, Nissan, Mercedes, Toyota, Hyundai, Kia. Um, Is Tesla here? No. No, they're never here. BMW's here. And then, just just to make a real quick point about Tesla. Yeah. Tesla, to me, they, they've kind of... They, they, they treat all these a bit like Apple does, where, you know, like Apple did to the phone yeah. what Tesla's doing to the car industry. There'd be about tech. 50 Teslas in here. I bet you. You know, down yeah. in every hall. Yeah. Panasonic's got them again. They're, they're, you know, funny they're not they're here. Off. Like, they're a tech company. Eh? They're more a tech company than a yeah, car but what, company. What are they going to prove by being here? I don't know. You know whereas the other companies well, are trying to show, show where they're Show us the Model at. 3. That's just come out. So put that on the floor. Yeah, true. Yeah. But so no, like nothing amazingly new, but again, it's all about their vision. So Nissan, for example, are talking about a, a, a headband that you wear in an autonomous car so that you're, it, it's reading your brain waves and able to understand, like, so the car has intelligence, but it also takes in, in into, really? into it, I guess, its mind and its decision-making what your brain is thinking. So about, you know, going left and going right and avoiding this and what? avoiding that. So there's some brain-to-car okay. to, to technology really? going on. Amazing. Um, 
they've so and they're talking. They're showing their Nissan Leaf, which is an electric car. Yep. Toyota, though, I think this is this is the story of the car car side of things. Toyota announced a thing called the E Pallet. It's an autonomous bus. And these things are not new, but this little thing could be anything. It could be a bus. They're going to use it at Tokyo 2020 uh, Olympics. Um, they've also partnered with Domino's Pizza and Uber and a bunch of companies to set it up as basically the future of shopping. So this thing could bring a pizza to you, but not a pizza from the shop that was cooked at the shop. It could cook the pizza on its way to you so that it's absolutely fresh out of the oven when you eat it. Wow. It could bring a, a footwear store to you so that Stephen Fennick, wow. when he wants his next pair of Nikes, just walks out the front and, and gets to choose from a whole range and gets to touch them and feel them rather okay. than having to buy them online. If Nike is listening, I'm a US size 11. If they are listening, but I doubt they are. I've had emails, they're not listening. Okay. Reebok, massive fans. Okay. Really? Of the show. Okay. What about you? Just, you <laughs> thought about that for a second, didn't you? You tragic, tragic well, sneaker man. I'll put it out there again. US 11, Nike. Right, so uh, look, it's a silly-ish thing, but I don't mind the idea. I think it's, I think it just proves that autonomy is real, but only in the sense that for other things other than us getting around. So as you mentioned, so it was the Nissan that had the headband. <coughs> yep. So so it, it'll think, okay, he's thinking of turning left, so I'm going to go left. I think it's more about. What about if you think, well, geez, I hope I don't hit that pole. That's well, what, no, no, what that's about, what I'm that? talking about. I think it's more about, oh my god, that thing's there, and and the and the car will know as well. I, th- I thought it would be maybe if it detects you getting tired or something like that, or it could probably. But it's do, autonomously could, driving. Have a nap. Okay, but why why then have the human interaction? Because with humans that? are the are the most intelligent form of computer you can have. Okay. So why replace it? But I, I understand. My understanding is the autonomous car goes beyond human capability so why like my little contribution of me looking here looking there and steering is just a p in the universe of uh, car automation i think it's about as important as nano cells on tvs okay yeah i don't know what that means i mean it's just it's a technique it's, a, it's okay. a con it's a conversation that people would never understand and i'm not yeah. sure also it's a um, it's a contest um, I'm trying to think of another word to say they're all just competing against each other yeah, right. one up they want to have a point of difference it's a Correct. point of difference yeah, these right. companies are all here trying to say we're ready for the future okay. we're not we're so not there nothing, now nothing tremendously different no. I, I know automation was kind of the big thing three I'll give you an example. years ago not, not in automotive but Bell Helicopters is here Ooh. and they had a big thing uh, under wraps and I thought oh there's a helicopter here I thought oh hang on is it a drone is it an e-hang style drone Ooh. What they did was they unveiled a cockpit. So just everyone visualised a helicopter, and then you've got the tail out the back with a rotor on it. You've got the you know the the sled Skid, that it, skids, skidders, skids, yeah. and then you've got the rotor on top and the engine in between. Yep. What they showed was just the, the cabin and the sleds, no tail, no rotor on top, and they're showing this as kind of the cabin of the future. Think about it: helicopters haven't changed much. They're pretty much the same as they always mm. have been. So yeah. how how is the helicopter of the future going to be for passengers, let alone the pilot? Now, what they haven't said is whether it's electric, whether it's autonomous, whether it's got one rotor or four. So could this be an e-hang-style drone, or is this just them teasing to the world? They haven't announced anything, so that'll come in time. Well, very, very interesting. I haven't mate. been to the drone drones are normally in the, in the South Hall. I haven't. I'm, I'm probably do that in the next day or two. But I think I, I, I'll, I'll bet that there is an even larger drone section of the show, which is just each year just continues to grow. And I don't grow. know. Do you reckon it might have plateaued? I don't think so because GoPros it, pulled go, out of of the set of the show. Uh, no, of drones. Of drones, yeah. Well, they're they not showing the karma. Is that right? That's yeah. gone. Yeah. Well, it did it had a pretty rough birth that one. Yes. But, uh, they, they GoPro, and we'll talk about this tomorrow. They, they have announced a couple of new products uh, or a couple of new ways to use their products. But um, the the drones, no, I don't think they've plateaued at all. I, I, like the e hang, I reckon 
lit the spark, I think, for other companies. Think, hey, we're a drone company too. Why can't we do that? So yeah. I reckon there's going to be consumer drones. Though of, I feel like a plateau. Yeah, maybe. I think all, all you'll see, like everything else, is just an improvement in the quality of the yeah. camera and the the flight time and things like that. So that's incremental. Like you, yeah. you can't reinvent the wheel, and in no. this case, you can't reinvent the drone, but you can make it do new and interesting things. All right. Well, we'll catch up again uh, in the days ahead about other things we've seen. But just finally, you're at Belkin today. Um, it's all about wireless at Belkin. It is absolutely. Yeah, they showcase all their wireless technology, and you know, thanks thanks to Apple adopting the Qi wireless oh, yeah. standard, like everyone else does. Yeah. That's really boosted, bolstered uh, Belkin stocks as well yeah. because they're, they're the, the number one wireless charging supplier. So they've got all these new mats. They've got duo mats. So say you've got wireless chargers for the, say, for the kitchen, there's two mats on there. You can put it in there. There were also in-car solutions as well, which can be mounted on the windscreen or on the dashboard. Uh, they've also got uh, the, a charging stand, so you can actually sit your wireless phone vertically or horizontally within the stand and still get a wireless charge as well. They've also got some commercial solutions too so in desk or in table installations so say you're a restaurant or a cafe or an airport lounge or whatever you can actually install these within the tables and desks of, of where the customers sit mm. and they can just simply rest their phones on there so Belkin have really sort of taken taken the reins here in the wireless charging world offering consumer like the car solutions one, the car one is awesome that, yeah, that, that's, that's really me, nice yeah. that to me is, is so cool because it's one of the things you do you fumble with the cables Plug not it anymore. In. Not anymore. It's constantly powered. And, and, just and it's going to be there. sitting there anyway. So yeah. why not charge it up while it's sitting why, there anyway? And why not discreetly have the cable kind of put in like you would a, a, a dash cam and things like yep. that yep. rather than having to, you know, have cables dangling across your, your dashboard. So that's absolutely right. And I should mention, on the stand, I met uh, Chet Pipkin. Oh, nice. He's a lovely guy. He's the boss of Belkin. He's yeah. the guy who fund, founded... Uh, I've interviewed him once on my Tech Guy podcast a couple yeah. of years ago, but uh, he was a lovely guy. Really he was talking passionate, to us for 15, genuine, 20 minutes. everyday bloke, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He was chatting about, how was your flight? all this and I said oh no then he was sort of giving us the, the spiel on, on how sort of the, the industry is moving along and mm. yeah, wireless charging of course and a lovely fellow yeah lovely lovely stuff so alright we're here for another few days here uh, CES continues Two Blokes Talking Tech will be back with more from what we find on the show floor uh, Stephen's updating techguide.com.au regularly as is eftm.com uh, keep, uh, keep in touch with us on Twitter at Trevor Long at Stephen Fennick the hashtag Ziggy Zaggy Stephen let's do it all again very very soon certainly Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick.